1: Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. If you're thinking about some new windows or a new door, let me give you some assistance with where to start. First of all, you got to go with Pella. That's obvious. And with Pella, there are a couple of directions you can go to get things started. Number one, you can schedule a free in-home consultation. That's right, free. You'll get a Pella expert out to sit down with you, look at your home, and they are going to be able to put together a Greg McDermott-esque game plan for you that fits your home, your budget, your wants, and your needs. That's one option. Or option number two. You can head out to their showrooms. they got showrooms in Omaha and Lincoln. The showroom's really cool, man. Sometimes it helps to actually see the window, see the door, feel it, open it, close it to get a better feel for exactly what you're installing in your home. So the showroom is a great place to start as well. Any direction you go to start, just know that Pella can 100% provide window and door solutions to any home. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Runza been banging this drum you gotta get the runza app like go straight to the app store right now and download it because you can order food in the app have it ready to be picked up in the restaurant you can earn points for rewards in fact when you download the app you can get five bucks off your first order in the app it's one of the best apps of all time so go and download the runza app you can get runza get rewards then get more runza all on the app runza makes it all better Okay, so welcome back into the podcast. few quick things before I set up today's pod. I got some big things coming with my podcast, man. Right in time for Husker football season. Got some big developments going on with the pod that I'm really, really excited about. So be on the lookout for for some pretty cool stuff coming up here. Really starting this week. Uh, Bo Rood and I are going to be recording a big, massive, huge Nebraska football season preview coming up. So be on the lookout for that. And then, of course, we're going to have all the game recaps for... The season, you know, starting with the Illinois game coming up on August 28th, we'll have the recap pod pushed out for you. So got got you completely covered on the Husker football front with some big things coming for the pod. But on today's podcast, I got a very special guest. This is the, on the pod today is the greatest player in the history of Creighton basketball. 3,000 points, three-time All-American, National Player of the Year, and the newest member of the San Antonio Spurs. Doug McDermott is on the podcast. Dougie recently signed a brand new three-year, $42 million deal with the Spurs. Mm-mm-mm. Get paid, Dougie. I was able to catch up with Doug, and I wanted to get this pod out ASAP just because he just signed with, with the Spurs. He's fresh off of it, and I wanted to, wanted to get this pod out as soon as I could. Doug's coming off a career year with the Indiana Pacers. Career high in points, 13 points per game off the bench for Indiana. Had a great season. Couple of nuggets about Doug. Last season... Doug was one of 10 players to make over 100 threes while shooting over 50% from the field. Pretty good. Also, another nugget for you. Doug is one of only nine active players in the NBA with over 600 three-pointers while shooting over 40% from three. Pretty impressive stuff. Really, really impressive resume Dougie's built up. He's starting to kind of settle in uh, to... His own in the NBA. This is a great chat, man. We did a deep dive on you know why he wanted to sign with the Spurs, kind of what he's learned so far through you know the first six seven years in the NBA. Uh, we we talked about you know kind of all that goes into how he trains and gets ready for each season, what he thinks about when he's shooting, a bunch of different stuff. And then we talked a little bit about Bruce Rasmussen, the newest member of the Creighton basketball team with the recruiting class uh, that, that that's already here, the top five class. Doug's got some thoughts on those guys. Just hit on a bunch of different stuff so let's get to it here's my podcast chat with former blue jay legend and current member of the san antonio spurs doug mcdermott enjoy all right online now dougie mcbuckets doug mcdermott uh newest member of the san antonio spurs which we're going to get into quite a bit here uh dougie how are things how are you pal
0: doing well nick i appreciate you having me um it's been a while you know just it's been a crazy summer you know just kind of anticipating what's going to happen and um, you know, I'm just super excited, you know, to be a spur, you know, yeah. it's kind of a, it's a first class organization and, you know, just kind of the gold standard of the league. So just to be able to join a place like that, I'm just like, I'm thrilled.
1: Right. What, what's take me through Let's let's just get right into the spurs because what, what, what was it about that situation? I mean, you, you signed a three-year deal with, with San Antonio. I'd imagine you had other suitors and other, you know, opportunities to consider. What was it about San Antonio that, that appealed to you?
0: Yeah, I think it just, uh, you know, obviously um, just their the reputation, you know, of uh, developing guys and, you know, playing there throughout the years, just the way they play. I think it just fits my game really well. Um, you know, I think Popovich is obviously one of the best coaches of all time. Um, so to be able to learn from a guy like that and, you know, develop under him and. This is kind of a stage in my career where you know I'm I'm starting to get kind of old. It's kind of weird, right? <laughs> um, but you know I'm going into my eighth year, and you know going to be a very young team, and I'm going to be one of the kind of the leaders. You know I'll be a, one of the older guys on the team. I think I'm the second oldest behind Thaddeus, and I think it'll just be a fun experience. You know I think there's a lot of young talent on the team. Um, you know they I think they they just drafted you know Josh Primo who's like 18 years old, yeah. and I just think it'll be really. It really just drew to me just to yeah. be um, a part of this young team and, and build, to build it. I kind of like being an underdog, and I think a lot of people have probably, you know, written us off, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, it's it's fun to be a part of stuff like that, so I, I'm just excited to get down there and, you know, get to work.
1: Now, have you, I mean, Pop has been overseas with, the, with Team USA in the Olympics, so I'm not sure, have you been able to talk with Coach Popovich, like, at all during this? Yeah,
0: yeah, a little bit here and there, you know, right when I signed, you know, obviously, Cell phone stuff's a little different over there, (laughs) so you know he was over in Tokyo and he was really focused on that. Uh, But I've been in touch with really a lot of the assistants, Um, you know Becky Hammond, yep, um, and and a bunch of the player development guys uh, when I was down there um, visiting San Antonio and getting kind of settled in. Um, They were all around, and then they had to take off for Vegas. So um, just kind of just initially just saying hello and getting to know him a little bit, but I, I'm going to go down there probably after Labor Day and really uh, spend some time with all of them. So I'm just really excited, man. I mean, it's, it's one of the best staffs, you know, in R.C. Buford, yeah. um, the, head of the, the head of the whole operation. Um, you know, I've gotten to know his son really well, Chase. Um, he played at KU, yep. um, and he was actually on staff with us in Chicago under Fred. So just kind of had a connection there, and right. I just always respected, you know, obviously Popovich and R.C., and just always had, you know, I've always had interest in playing there. So to get something done is just uh you know, it's it's a dream come true.
1: Yeah, I've always you know, it's when people have talked to me and asked me about you, I always say, you know, Doug's one of those guys he needs to get in the right system and I'm I always say, like the Spurs. Like that mm-hmm. I always say I always I always throw out two teams. I always say like the Spurs or like how the Warriors play, like where the ball right. really moves and all that, like it's just cool when I saw it I was like, "Oh, yes." Because they they are, you know, they they're not stuck in the stone age or anything like that. They're mm-hmm. not running flex or something like that, but they're like yeah, yeah. they're they're uh but they they really they really move the ball. They they it's not a lot of iso, you know what I mean? It's 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 stuff that suits your game well.
0: For sure. Yeah, and you know, I think you know, these last two or three years in Indiana have been obviously really good for me and you know, I can't uh, thank them enough, right. um, you know, for, you know, really believing in me and taking me in, you know, three years ago and um, just kind of let me play, you know, just a, a really fun system to play in. Obviously, I played with some really good players there that really uh, helped me out a ton. Um, so, so, you know, I have to give a lot of credit to, you know, Nate McMillan and uh, Chad Buchanan, Kevin Pritchard and, you know, Nate Bjorkren, um for this past season. Um, just let me play through a lot of mistakes because uh, I, I definitely wouldn't be here without them. Um, but you know, the Spurs, you know, it just, it's that, that team you grew up watching right. the way they play, you know, everyone in college, like you're like, the coaches will yell at you. Let's, let's start moving the ball like the Spurs, you know, right. just they're known, they're known for just their unselfish play. Um, so that, that just fits me so well in the way I play. Cause you know, I'm not going to ISO you and I'm not going to take you off the dribble necessarily. I, I really rely on just playing with really good unselfish players.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you bring up Indiana, and I mean, you had you had not a good year, a real like a career year this last year. Mm -hmm. It was career high in points. Uh, You shot fifty three percent from the floor, and I was I was reading up on some stuff. It's kind of amazing to to think about when you hear things like, so you were you were one of ten players in the NBA to make over a hundred three pointers while shooting over fifty percent from the field last year pretty amazing. And then you're one of only nine active players in the NBA with over 600 three-pointers while shooting at least 40% from three. Like you I feel like last year in particular you really you really started to kind of come into your own. Did you feel that way like did you feel like some stuff was really starting to click for you?
0: Yeah, I really did, you know. I think in the NBA you hear guys talk about it all the time. It just takes time. It takes a lot of time to really um, just learn the league and learn systems and just the, the style and the, the pace of play and things this year just really slowed down for me. I just felt like I um, could really get to my spots, um, just really know exactly what these defenses are doing and understanding, you know, other teams' systems. And, you know, Nate, Coach Nate Bjorkren, um, this past year, like, he just – we had a lot of injuries, so he had to play us yeah. a lot. And, right. uh, I, I, had, it was my first time in my career where, you know, I, I really played through mistakes, you know, played through foul trouble, just like was still out there on the floor, like figuring it out. Um, regardless if I missed my first five threes or made my first five threes, I was still, still out there in crunch time. And that was the biggest uh, learning experience for me. And I think it helped me out a ton and just Um, just my confidence and just being able to play through mistakes and just knowing that you know it's a long game and you know there's a long season there's a lot of opportunities ahead and um, that was that was the main thing for me just it really all slowed down and it all clicked and uh, you know I'm just extremely thankful of the opportunity um, because you know I wouldn't be here now and I think it's to be huge for me going forward as well
1: what yeah because what have you I mean you kind of went there with what you've learned over the years like when you think back to being in Chicago, your rookie year, second year, like, are you, are you physically a better player now, or is the improvement more mentally,
0: or is it both? Um, it's a little bit of both, you know, I, I think, uh, whenever you go into a situation where you're not playing a ton, um, you know, your rookie year, you know, it's, it's tough mentally, um, cause you know, you, you don't, you question yourself a little, like, am I, am I ready for this? You know, like. You know, there's there's some doubt that creeps in for sure, to be honest. And you know, I, I think that was a really a really challenging year for me. Um, but I I, I looked back at it, and you know, I wouldn't have it any other way because I've learned the hard way. You know, some guys get to come in and you know play right away as rookies, and it's it's easy for them. And yeah. I I just really grinded, and I, I've ever since then I've just had this attitude that I'm still a rookie, and I still got to work for everything. And I never have gotten comfortable, you know, in the league. So I think that's really helped me. And I've, I've played for a ton of coaches. I've been kind of bounced around the league a little bit. And I think it's it's all built uh, – it's all it's all uh, kind of led itself to this situation. And, uh, you know, I'm just really, really excited um, to be in this spot. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that I've gone through what I've gone through in these, these past seven years because um, I wouldn't be here without them.
1: Yeah, I – and I don't want to ever compare me to you in mm-hmm. our careers, but like I was, I was thinking about your career and I was th- thinking about my college career and stay with me here for a second because what I, I struggled with this in college, Doug, where, you know, it, all of a sudden for me, you know, you go from playing a lot to sitting on the bench and not playing a lot. I had a hard mm-hmm. time staying confident when I wasn't playing, And then for a lot of my career at Creighton, I was a role player off the bench, you know, and Mm -hmm. some days you might get two shots, some days you might get 11 shots, and some days you might play 12 minutes, some days you might play 25 minutes, those are hard places to be in. How have you navigated it? Now you've talked about that mentality of, of trying to continue to grind and and you know be a like have that rookie mentality, if you will. But how how have you managed that? Because I don't I, I know for a lot of people, like being a being a guy off the bench, coming off the bench to shoot and score is, is harder than people think.
0: Right, it really is. And you know it's it's been it's been a huge learning experience. You know, there's been some some ups and downs with it, obviously. Um, you know, and it's. It's one of those deals, you know, like you come to the NBA and, you know, I would compare it to like when you were in high school, you're the best player on the floor, you know, you're the best player on your team. And that's kind of how I was in college and you get any opportunity you want and you kind of get used to that. And then you get to the NBA and everyone's the best player on their college team. You know, everyone Mm -hmm. is uh, that kind of caliber of player and they've been doing it for a really long time. So you just got to mentally just know that, you know, it's going to take some time. And for me, you know, I was playing a four man my whole college career and I've, you know, I've had a transition into like a wing and running off pin downs at the the highest level. So it's, it's kind of had, I've kind of had to change my game Um, and it's not easy to change your game when you're playing in the NBA. Like (laughs) you have to really, really um, you know, it takes time. It takes a lot of work. And you know, when I'm sitting on that bench and watching the game, I know it's go time. You know, I I have to mentally get myself in that space to just come out and be as aggressive as possible because that's what they want me to do. You know, I'm not out there to be guarding LeBron. I'm out there to to come off, fly off pin downs, be the best team I can be and just putting pressure on the defense. And once I figure that out, that they, you know, they want you to be aggressive. They want you to shoot as many, you know, they want you to get up as many threes as you can. It's that that's kind of the mentality I had this past season and the year before, and it just really helped me a ton. Right.
1: What are okay? So you talked about how you're you know you coming off a lot of pin downs. You kind of had to tr- change your game a little bit from being a four man at 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 Creighton. What are t- what are your workouts like now? I mean, take me through a typical workout. The length uh, of it. What are some things you work on? I think I remember Kyle might have been on JJ Reddick's podcast or some, he was talking about how. You know, he he wants to he wants to go hard and then like once he the second he gets tired he wants to stop. He doesn't like to shoot when he's tired cuz you kind of develop bad form. Uh, it's which yeah. is an interesting thought. But like what are your workouts like now? Take me through a typical workout.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of the opposite of Kyle. Like I uh I mean I'm sure we do a lot of the same stuff, but I I love pushing through that. Okay. I love uh it's straight just conditioning stuff now like I'm kind of over the days where I'm doing a lot of cone drills or <laughs> ball handling, you know, right? all that stuff, you know, that you see online. I I like just being in there with a couple guys and literally just running as much as I can and getting as many game shots as I can and game floaters and finishing around the rim, trying to just get myself to shoot really awkward shots in the lane. Right. And then, you know, shooting threes, I'll literally – you know, start in one corner, then I'll sprint to the other corner um, on the other side of the court and try to shoot like as many as I can when I'm tired, um, because that's my job. And like I, a lot of times when you're out there on an NBA floor, you're not going to have your legs and you're going to be tired. So I like training myself through that stuff, and uh, I try to get guys to come in and really contest it, try to block every one of my shots, because in the NBA you're shooting over a ton of length and. You're not always gonna be open. So I, I, I like to just put my self through almost like a conditioning workout. Gotcha. With it okay. with a ton of shots. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. Cause some people like to separate those two things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. okay, I'm gonna do my conditioning and then I'm gonna do my shooting. And right. and, and yeah, it sounds like combining those things. So are I've, you you know and I mean, I've done
0: that before? I've done that before where right. I tried to just like, okay, I'm gonna go and get a ton of shots up and then I'm gonna go to the track later and get my conditioning. But I learned then when I got to training camp, I was kind of missing a ton of shots because I wasn't really putting myself through game reps when I was on the floor. So right. I, I just – I thought that I needed to incorporate more, you know, conditioning in my shooting workouts because it just helps a ton when you're, your timing's different. You're not always just going to be, you know, butt naked in the corner, right. getting continuous passes from a rebounder. You know, like it's way different in a game. So I, I really tried to change that the past few years, and it's it's paid off.
1: So are you that – I mean, it, it's it's the – cliche for a lot of coaches but uh, i actually think it's really true of like are you one of those guys that you everything you do is game speed like you don't do a lot of a lot of you know people do the slow half speed stuff (laughs) like when you're out there and it's like you get loose and then when it's go time you go
0: and it's go time and i'm telling you nick i i have times where you know i I learned a lot when i was in chicago because there was some guys around that we're still around kind of in the, the glory days of the Bulls with yep. Steve Kerr and, you know, MJ. And they, they used to tell me a bunch of Steve Kerr drills. And I was coming off the bench just stiff a lot. So I sometimes I don't even get loose. I just go out there and I start Interesting. trying to do these conditioning shots right away because you're not loose when you're coming into an NBA game. You're, you're sitting there for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. You know, you're doing the national anthem, starting lineups. You're sitting there on the bench. like So I like to kind of train myself where I'm, I'm not – and I'm not warmed up I'm going out there and this is my first shot and if I you know if I don't make it you know that's like equivalent to missing your first shot in a game so right. I really try and train my mind to, to to get used to that stuff and my trainers probably hate me because it's a conditioning workout for them too <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but I try and do as much as I can where I'm really simulating you know an actual game
1: do you have a shot thought like okay, I got. I I have to hold my release. I my shoulders got to be squared. Do you have like one? Do you try to have one prevailing thought?
0: I try. I try to have something in the back of my head. You know. Um. You know. I I think a lot of guys run into shot thoughts, and um. You know. You can get in trouble with that, that. Every I've learned that every shot feels different. Yes. Um. Okay. You know. It's kind of like a golf swing. Like you're you're never your every shot's going to feel different. You know. Your your goal is to get as close as the hole as you can in golf and in basketball and shooting, you're obviously trying to make every shot, but you're going to miss shots. So I always just in the back of my mind, just try and keep an aggressive mindset thought, like, regardless, you're just shooting this ball, it doesn't matter what happens, you're shooting it. And you know, hopefully you end up at 40 or 50%. You know, the the best shooters in the world, right? um, You know, they miss 50% of their shots. So I've really tried to incorporate that into my head. And, you know, I've shot in so many shots in my life, I feel like I kind of know what I'm doing so I just try to it's more just a mindset of you know just being as aggressive at all times
1: so hold on when you say every shot is different you mean like this pin down coming to the elbow is a little different than it's then maybe a pin down that's a little at a different angle like you mean yeah you mean literally every shot no two shots are the same kind of a thing
0: yeah that's kind of how I feel you know you're always going to you're always going to receive the pass differently. You're always going to, your footwork could be a little off on on each pin down. Um, So it's hard to like really make it feel the same every time. It's more, it's more just like, it's more just a mindset thing. Like just, uh, it's so hard to explain. No, Um, no,
1: I understand exactly what you're saying. I always
0: just tell myself, just lock in, lock into that rim and just be as aggressive as you can at all times. And, you know, I think once you start kind of, you know, really digging in, like, oh well, my base wasn't right there. You know, my follow through wasn't right there. Then you, then you get into, a, you know, that guy on the golf course that after every bad shot, you know, like, I didn't hold my, I didn't hold my swing there. You know, and then it just, it kind of carries over into the next one. So yeah. I just try and forget about it and move on because, because they're all gonna, they're all gonna be different.
1: You know, you ain't, you're not lying with I, I, I have a guilty pleasure now. Some there are some basketball trainers on Instagram that are really good. Like I watch their mm-hmm. stuff and I'm like, man, that's a really good thought or that's a really good drill or something like that. But then, man, you see some some of these trainers on the on Instagram just kill me with, you oh, know, yeah. I mean, with, with all that stuff. I bet it. I bet, I bet some of that stuff is like, okay, would that work with nine other human beings on the floor? I doubt it. I don't think so.
0: Right, hundred percent. And you know, I think I think there is some really good stuff though. You can do like with your shot. Like I think like when I warm up sometimes, like if I'm at the gym, just. You know, doing form shots if I work out before, like I'll try to really just like focus on my balance, you know, focus on my base. Right. And I just I assume that that's going to carry over into my into my workout and into my game, you know, so that's stuff I, I do lock in on. I'm not I'm not telling you that I don't I don't focus on my base or, you know, my landing. Of course, I I, right. def, I definitely do. But I feel like I've worked on it enough throughout the years that it's going to carry over once I get out.
1: There. Yes, right. That becomes the muscle memory stuff. You know, like For you, sure. you assume For that, sure. that that stuff's going to what about uh, over the course of your off season, Doug? How much are you playing five on five versus what we're talking about? You know, you and a trainer on, on the floor doing stuff like how much do you
0: balance those two things? Um, I, I try and balance it. Like I don't play a ton of five on five until it gets like kind of around this time, uh, like okay. later in the August going into September. Um, cause we start training camp late September and this year was a little different for me cause I was a free agent and you know, you don't want to play a ton of five on five early in the summer cause you don't want to risk injury. Totally. So I, I wasn't playing a ton of, uh, five on five. So I'm kind of ramping it up now cause I kind of missed some time there, um, before I signed. So uh usually it would, it's more individual stuff and skill stuff until like, you know, mid to late August. And then a lot of guys start playing five on five to, to get that game shape. So that's kind of where I'm at right now.
1: Okay. So I, I, uh, I want to keep nerding out over shooting a little bit. Cause I actually, I tweeted mm-hmm. this out like a couple months ago. I kind of asked a question of if you were going to teach shooting to a group of kids or just, you know, start a shooting Academy and you had to pick one player, to use as like a shot template you know it could be Ray Allen it could be whoever like who would you now I mean obviously I think what we just talked about is everybody's a little different it's got to work for you but if you had to pick one person one player and say this is how we're going to model the Doug McDermott Shooting Academy shot what Mm -hmm. is there one guy that jumps out you can't choose yourself
0: yeah um I would definitely probably say Clay I would say Clay um I think Clay Thompson. I think it's the prettiest jumper I've seen. Um, just his his balance, um, his base. You know, it's it's like perfect every time. You know, and that's the thing. He's running off a ton of pin downs. Um, you know, he's always constantly moving without the ball. But when he when he releases it, it always looks the same. You know, it, it always like the, the the form, the balance, um, his his follow through, like everything looks looks perfect. And uh, you know, it's been sad to not to see him out there the last few years. Cause I just, I really I enjoy know. watching him play. And, uh, I just love his, his mindset and just, you know, how aggressive he is and he can, he can shoot it from anywhere. You know, he's a really good mid range shooter and, um, he's obviously one of the best shooters of all time. So that's one I like. I like to watch. Yeah. I just I love watching him shoot.
1: I think I think oftentimes like a, a certain a shot is about how easily you can continue to replicate it. You know, we talk about that muscle memory. And I think the more yeah. simple the stroke is, the easier it is to replicate. And I think that's the thing about Clay that blows me the way the most is he has the most it's the most compact you say it looks the same every time and it's so true, but it, a lot of it is like it's just so simple. I I, yeah. I don't know how he it's just his shot is the most simplistically built right. from his from his feet to his knees to his shoulder to his hips to the release to everything about it is so simple that you yeah, kind of go there's, like there's no wasted
0: motion none. you know there's no wasted motion he doesn't he doesn't dip it you know he's yeah. always just it's right there so quick and his arc's perfect you know that's something my dad's always harping me on right. you know it's my arc and he's like you know just watch clay you know i, I, I just watch so much clay uh shooting and you know, it's just, it's always just so simple and effortless. Right. And, uh, you know, he, does, he doesn't dip it. I think that's a big thing with kids and, um, you know, growing up. Uh, I think not dipping it, you know, below, like when you catch it, just going straight up with it, I think that's just huge. Because um, if you dip it, you're going to be flat. And, uh, you know, if you just catch it and fire it right away without dipping it, you're going to get way better, you know, trajectory with the ball. And it's its just going to be, it's going to be simple right. like
1: Clay's. Right. I, I said, I remember for me, I think the answer is probably Clay, but for me, I always feel like the the guy that doesn't get enough credit for how pretty his jump shot was is Michael Jordan. Like I actually yeah. think he's got a very because even he's a guy we talk about. You know, Clay. Like no matter what he does, what he does on the floor, like his shot always looks the same. I kind of think yeah. the same thing with Jordan whether it's a kickout 3, a pull-up jumper, a fadeaway, like he he's got a very compact, good-looking jumper too,
0: to me. He really does. He really does. And you know, his his mid-range is obviously just on, you know, it's 100%. Huts. He just didn't miss those and you know, I think uh you know, being a little younger, um I didn't really like I remember watching MJ, but I don't really remember watching MJ. Like right. I I I have to watch highlights. You know, it's 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 harder for me to you know, to remember like how, how good this guy was, you know, and how pretty his shot was. Right. But in, in terms of recent times, yeah. Like clay, you know, uh, Ray Allen. Yeah. Ray's got a pretty um, one. I mean, those guys just, and even Kyle, I mean, yeah. Kyle's is so pretty and um Kyle's the kind of guy that can like change his shot and like, it looks different sometimes, but like, it's always like, it's just pretty. I don't right. know if right. it's just cause he's See, well, Kyle like, Korver, but it just looks pretty every time.
1: It does, time. doesn't it? Like just the one it just, even his shot, like, Two people can, he can make a shot and someone else can make a shot. And Kyle's just looks better. Like, for some reason, just, it, just it sounds different. <laughs> it, it sounds sound, different.
0: It just sounds different when it touches the net. It's weird. The Nick
1: Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. And I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it. And how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors. window and doors to perform at their best and you know the Pella experts are excellent at that bottom line energy efficiency matters and making your home more comfortable and Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency check them out online PellaOmaha.com that's PellaOmaha.com the thing about Kyle that always <laughs> amazes me is like you know because you're developing this a little bit but Kyle was like Kyle could come screaming off a pin down. I'm talking dead sprint, turn and shoot. And you think like, oh, that's a wild shot. But if you really slow-mo it and look at at just him shooting, he gets square. He, you know, like the ball's in the right spot. The release is good. Like, yeah, he might be moving quickly and moving maybe like parallel from the from the rim. But like, if you just look at how he's delivering the ball to the hoop it's perfect, but somebody can it's do perfect. that going a hundred miles per hour.
0: Yeah. It's, it's so impressive. And honestly, that's kind of where I, um, you know, I started watching a ton of Kyle, obviously um, when I was in college, just my senior year, you know, he came back and played pickup with us a few times and just watching him work out. And like, I was like, okay, this is a different level of shooting. Right. You know, it's uh, you know, he's really working on these pin downs and he's not doing a lot of spot up stuff. He's, he's come flying off a hundred miles an hour and, you know, stopping himself and, you know, it looks it looks effortless, right. you know, coming and he's running a full sprint. So that that stuff's really helped me just watching Kyle and learning from him and, you know, other guys in the league like JJ Reddick and, you know, guys like that who I've really, you know, relied on. And um, you know, it's 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 always good to have guys, you know, that've come before you that you can always, you know, look back and watch their film and um it's it's super helpful.
1: You we we talked about this a little bit before we, we turn on the, the, the mics here and start a recording, but you've you've now played and lived in the nba you've been in chicago oklahoma city new york dallas indiana and now san antonio that's like six cities in seven <laughs> years a lot of people i think from be fans of the nba we just think okay uh just why don't you just go play you this guy's been traded here he signed here like these are actually human beings that have lives that have to like sell their place they're living in and then go buy a new place and get used to a new city. Like what, what, what's that been like for you in having to be in and move so much and be around in these different parts of the country and, and get acclimated, but still be able to go to go perform.
0: Yeah. You know, I've, I've really gotten to enjoy it. You know, it was a little stressful, um, you know, moving around, but I feel like I've always been the right age for it. You know, I'm not married with kids yet. You know, it's, it's been really easy for me to transition into that because I've got to live in some of the best cities in the country, you know, you know, Chicago and New York and, you know, Dallas and, you know, there's, there's just really good cities to live in, you know, in your mid twenties and young mid twenties. So I've really enjoyed that part of it. Um, but you know, I'm just so ready to be settled in somewhere. And, um, if, if I didn't have my mom, you know, it'd be impossible. Like she like really enjoys it. Like she needs, she needs to open up her own moving company because (laughs) she takes care of everything. Like I, I literally sit here. She, she's probably doing some work for me right now on (laughs) furniture and, and talking to the moving guy and where's this going, you know? So if I didn't have her, I'd be screwed, but she has, uh, she's been so good through it, through all of it. And, uh, my brother's been helping me out a ton too. So, if I didn't have them, it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be as nearly as smooth as it's been, but I've definitely learned, uh, I've definitely, I've definitely learned, uh, to take some stuff to goodwill here and there because sure. I have so much, you know, gear and just old clothes. And it actually is a good way to kind of declutter, um, when you move. True. So I've, I've really got a lot more organized and, uh, my dad's really pumped cause he looks a little skinnier in a black, uh, spurs polo so <laughs> he's, he's super excited about that um uh, but i mean we have more nba gear than oh God. anyone in the country I bet. it's crazy
1: i bet yeah. and then shout, shout out to gps being able to take you to different places i know for yeah. me like when i go to these different cities calling games for fox like if i didn't have my gps like i wouldn't make it to my hotel i wouldn't make it to the arena like i wouldn't know i wouldn't know where how to get anywhere
0: yeah, thank God for Google Maps and oh. you know all this stuff and like all these like blogs that tell you where to go to eat. And right, right. You kind of learn the city just over your phone, so it's, it's been super nice. And I, you know, I played with Nick Collison in in OKC, and you know he was there for his whole career. You know, 50, like eighteen years. I'm That's like, crazy. God, that sounds boring. Right. Like, I couldn't even. I couldn't see myself, you know, staying somewhere for you know that long. Like after my career, like I feel like I've. <laughs> really there's been some really positive sides to it i've met so many people I and bet. you know every road trip i go on i know someone on the other staff or another player or another trainer like i've just really connected with a ton of people um so i've really really enjoyed that part of it um you know i think post career it'll help a lot just because i have so many connections totally. now with all these organ with all these organizations
1: well and you learned that there's there's so many different ways, you see so many different ways in how they, how they run their organization, how they run practice, how they do this, how do that. Like you realize there's a lot of different ways to be successful. So that's Mm -hmm. also got to be cool to see as well.
0: For sure. Yeah. There's, there's so many different styles, you know, there's so many different coaching styles, so many different ways to, you know, operate a team. And it's, uh, it's been really, really cool to see and very interesting to see, but, you know everything I've seen from the Spurs so far. You can see why they've been so successful. I mean, totally. they're just like on top of it. Everything you need, they're just they're there for you, and like they're just super helpful. So I'm I'm just excited to be around them. Um, because you know they've they've obviously produced so many coaches and you know trainers. Like everywhere you go in the NBA, someone's from San Antonio. So it's kind of like um, the place to be. I'm I'm, I'm pumped for it.
1: I, I want to talk a little Creighton here. Um. What was it like watching this year's Creighton team get over that hump and make it to the Sweet Sixteen? I mean, I was like emo. I, I I was like fighting back tears watching it. It was emotional just because I know what the what this grind has been like, starting all the way back, you know, from from Sears and Walker and Buford and those guys. Like it's been a, it's been a like a twenty year journey.
0: Man, it was so it was so exciting to watch. You know, I just um, it was just it was so cool that. It got to happen in Indianapolis yep. um, where I was and I, it just sucked. I couldn't go to any of the games, but just that group alone um, has done so much for Creighton and Omaha. You know, I don't think those guys get enough credit, you know, like Marcus and Mitch and DJ Denzel, you know, all those guys are in so much, you know, to get to this point. And just to be an alum, you know, just watching as a proud alum, um, just seeing to where we've got, you know, I think a lot of people doubted us when we were going into the big East and could we sustain the success we've had in the valley? And um, you know, there's been a lot of question marks there. And just to be able to get over that hump finally, um, you know, it, it was it was amazing to watch. And I'm just super happy for my dad and all those coaches and, no and players that have put in so much work to get here. And just you know, just the better people they are off the floor too. Just just the way they have really um, embraced Omaha and Omaha's embraced them. It's just it's been super fun to watch and. You know, I think it's going to continue. They got such a good class now, and you know, they're all super young kids. It's it's crazy, but it's uh, I think the future is super bright there, and I'm just excited for the future because I think. We can make it a lot further than a Sweet 16. Agree.
1: I mean, once you kind of once you break down that door, it kind of feels like you can exhale, and that now the possibilities are. That was kind of that was the the thing hanging over the program. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just you, you haven't been the Sweet 16. You haven't been the Sweet 16, and now that that door's been beat down, you feel like now, hey, anything's possible. Did you?
0: 100. percent Did yeah. you
1: feel like... Was there any part of you that when you watched it thought, man, fuck, that was supposed to be me? That was supposed to be us, like, because you had three games where you know, and I know, I we had like, we got to the tournament, and I know that's a weird feeling for for people, you know, like, was there was there a part of you that drummed up old old wounds too of being like, oh, how did we not make it to the Sweet Sixteen?
0: Yeah, man, a little bit, you know, it's it's one of those deals. Where it's like, God, we were so good, and. We just played so bad in that game, and it's just—it's one of those deals you just like can't get over. You know? right. So there's a part of me that's like, God, I wish that could have been us. I really wish that could have been us. Um, but you can't be too mad because you're just like—you're so happy for your your alma mater, right? No question. Um, no question. I definitely felt it when I got to San Antonio because I was like, <laughs> I was gonna this, say, this is the arena. Yeah. <laughs> so I gotta—we gotta redeem ourselves there. Uh, but. I just, uh, I definitely look back. Um, you know, I don't think about the Baylor game too much. I always just think about, you know, the the good times we had and yeah. you know how how good of a team we were and what we did transitioning into the Big East. I mean, if we wouldn't have done that, we wouldn't got we wouldn't have gotten these recruits, um, you know, Marcus and Mitch and all those guys. They wouldn't even be here. You totally. know, so you yep. got to look at it like that too. Yeah. Totally. What we did, um, you know, obviously what your guys' groups did and Kyle's group and Sears and. Dana and all those guys. It's just all led to this. So right. you, know, you got to give credit to everyone. And it, it really felt like we were a part of that. You know, it wasn't just them. It was, it was all of us. So yeah. you got to still have that mindset and hopefully, uh, hopefully you can make a final four. You never know. Right. And hopefully you know, the sky's the limit for this program because, you know, it's, it's such a good university and the Big East. And um, who, who the hell knows what's going to happen in college athletics. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, uh it's a, it's a good time to be a Blue Jay fan. And, you know, I think the future is super bright.
1: What about, let's talk about our, about our guy, uh, Bruce Rasmussen, um, mm-hmm. just a legend, man. I mean, the most influential figure in the history of Creighton athletics. I mean, there's going to be a statue for the guy. I mean, he almost spent three full decades building Creighton into, into what it is, you know, um, what you, you guys had a pretty special relationship you and you and Ras did what, what do you think of Ras? What do you think of now that he's retiring?
0: Man, I'm just, I still can't, it's still hard to believe, you know, that he's yeah. done, you know, it's just, that's all I've known. You know, it's all Creighton's known is, is Ras. He's been there for so long. And, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely an emotional day. Um, when he, when he announced it, you know, I was actually, actually back in Omaha a couple of days before that. And I kind of got word of it and, um, I was in there working out of the facility and, you know, I just went up to his office and, uh, he wasn't in there. And Mm. I was like, I started to write a letter. I was writing a letter uh, and just leave it on his desk. Uh, But as I was like finishing up, Ras came in. So it was perfect. We had a really good sit down. We talked for like 45 minutes and just kind of reminiscing on old times. And, you know, it feels like yesterday I was 17 years old, you know, showing up at Creighton and on my visit uh, when Dana was there and You know, Bruce was there in the old gym. You know, he's around every day. Um, I I sat with him in his office um, on the recruiting visit, and I thought that was really unique because I didn't experience that on every visit I went on. And so that just set the tone on the kind of guy he is. Um, He sat down with me and my mom in his office, and you know, he just he told me he's like, I think you're going to be a really special player. Like, I I think you just have Creighton written all over you. And at the time my dad wasn't even the coach yet. And he's like, if I ever get the chance to hire another coach, your dad's going to be my first call. So it was just crazy how ironic it was and how everything worked out. And, you know, here we are today, you know, celebrating his however many years he was, was there. And it just, it's, it's uh, Creighton would not be where it's at without, without Rass. And, you know, we're, we're certainly going to miss him. uh, But, you know, he's still going to be around and I'm sure I'll have his hands on things and, you know, we're uh, just super appreciative of him. And I think any student athlete that has come in to Creighton would, would say the same thing. Right.
1: I mean, it seems like it, it's it's rare to run into a student athlete that went to Creighton that didn't have a relationship with him and and, right. and like a good relationship with him. And that that takes work. But it also just he just did it so effortlessly. He's one of the most he's probably one of the, the easiest guys to make a connection with that I've ever been around and I'm not even totally sure what to attribute it to because he's like, you know, I mean, he's got like his RAS jokes, which are all, you know, that are, they're always, I always (laughs) think they're really funny. You know what I mean? But he's got like those canned jokes that I I love. And like, I mean, he's just uh he's just so authentic, I guess is maybe the way I'd put it, but it's, it's crazy how easily he just bonds with people.
0: He really does. And you know, he just, he's just one of the best human beings I've ever met and you know, it's one of those deals, you know. Like I, I know guys that played baseball, at Ray, and know yep. you know girls that have played soccer, and like everyone knows Ras the same way. Like he he made everyone feel special, you know. Like right, I was obviously you know in the limelight, you know, yep. getting all these awards, and he treated you know the the twelfth man on the team the same way. So it's like he just had a way of just really connecting with everyone. And you know you'd be at study hall at 8:30 p.m. You know studying, and you, Rass would come in and talk to you. You're like, <laughs> right. Can't, don't you just go home yeah. already? Like go, go, go home. And he just he just was always there for you. Um, you know, obviously creating the facilities and everything. You know, none of this would be possible without him. So, you know, I, I just I really applaud that man. And you know, he's he's been a very it's been you know like a father figure in my life. So yeah. I, I've really. Uh, it really means, you know, a, a lot to me, um, you know, everything he's accomplished and I'm, I'm just super happy. And I'm hoping we, hoping we can keep, keep the, you know, keep it going. I know
1: I you, you bring up the, you know, we talked about the the recruiting class that Creighton's got here. You know I mean? It's just, it's still nice to me that Creighton has a top five recruiting class in the country. Like a, it's just, yeah. you know, that's just <laughs> crazy to me. But have you, have you gotten to be, have you seen any of these young dudes play? Like, have you gotten to be around them at all? Like, have any? Can you give me any nugget on any of the new guys at all?
0: Yeah, I mean they're all just really good kids. Um, first off, you know I think Creighton has a way of you know recruiting the human, you know, yeah. and then you know the player is going to take care of itself. But they're just all really good kids, and I think um, they're all just super unselfish guys. And I, I got a chance to spend some time with them. Um, When I was back, you know, we were out at the lake house and, you know, my dad had them all out, Yep. you know, just, just talking to them. It's crazy. I'm like, I I always have to remind myself, these guys are like three or two years younger than my sister who (laughs) like feels so young to me. So it's crazy. You know, these, these kids have changed. Um, You know, they're, uh, they're just really, really good kids. And, you know, I think I was in the gym probably at like 7am or whatever at Creighton and, you know, there's John Kristoff, you know, the kid from Seattle, he's, he's at the gun shooting, you know, he's constantly working. Um, so I really enjoyed watching him work and obviously seeing, you know, Nem hard compete in the, the Canada, um, the, the FIBA games. I think he's going to be really special. I think he's just a floor general who can, you know, get everyone involved. And obviously with, you know, Arthur and Mason and, um, kid from Oklahoma Trey I Trey, think Alexander, Trey yeah. is a stud I think I think it's just such a good class because they all bring different things and they just they're going to mesh really well together it's Exciting. Um, so I, I I'm really excited um they all seem to really get along and um I, I just think this new staff with you know uh Jalen and and Ryan and obviously how Al, Al sticking around I yeah. think uh the future's bright because those guys are just such good recruiters and they're just really good at relating to, to these young guys
1: I got to ask you about the NIL stuff that that went through uh, on July 1st now these college athletes can make money off their name image and likeness you would have been mm-hmm. the kind of guy that would have probably made quite a bit of money your especially your <laughs> junior and senior year um I, it, it's it'll be interesting to see how this goes. I was laughing. I think J.J. Reddick maybe had a tweet that he's he like, I'd have spent all my NIL money on Natty Light and Lacoste polos <laughs> back, yeah. back in the day, which I, which I thought was fantastic. But uh, yeah. what, what, what do you see with all that stuff? I mean, obviously, I'm happy. I'm happy that these guys are going to be able to capitalize and, and make money. I think it's going to inevitably seep into recruiting, which kind of concerns me a little um yeah. but what what do you what do you think man as a guy that would have made a ton when you were at Creighton <laughs> what do you think
0: I am I you know I've thought about it a little bit and you know obviously there would have been some opportunities there um but I I'm glad it wasn't around uh when I was in college because I I just think it'd just be a huge distraction you know I I think obviously the money would have been great and sure. all that but like I just I like to play basketball you know just to play basketball like I don't I obviously enjoy getting paid to play basketball, but sure. there's just a love for the game. And when you're in college, I just think it could have been a huge distraction. And I just hope it doesn't creep into locker rooms. You know, I thought you know, some guys are going to get paid more than others. That's just the, the facts, you know? Yeah. And I just, I hope, I hope we can please everyone. And I, I hope that happens everywhere. But the reality is that there's going to be a guy making a lot more on the team. And I just hope that the locker room stays, you know, intact. I hope there isn't, a ton of jealousy and, right. and all that. Cause I, I, I can definitely see that stuff going on, but I think a place like Creighton, it's a huge advantage. I, you know, I think it, it, I think it helps us cause you know, Omaha has mm-hmm. so much money and so many companies and so many fortune 500 companies. And, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there. So I think it only helps us in recruiting. Um, you know, at some schools, it's really going to hurt, which is sad. You know, I think these mid majors, you know, they're going to get killed, you know, it's going to, yeah it's going to ruin some stuff there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like if a guy can get an opportunity to get paid somewhere else, like you wouldn't blame them for leaving. But, right. you know, I, I just, I hope it doesn't kill college athletics. Cause you know, it's just, it's such a good, such a good product. It you is. know, the March madness, I know, you know, I'm the nervous. college football stuff, the right. college football Saturdays, you know, you just don't want all that stuff to, to get in the way of, of the game. And, and, you know, the, the fans and the camaraderie. And I, I just, I, I hope that, that doesn't happen.
1: Right. I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, I, I I wanted to get your take on this because I know I know you haven't played overseas and I don't think you played in the G League for an extended period. Any of, Have you ever played in the did you ever get sent down at any time to play a little bit in the G League? I never
0: did. Yeah okay. I never did in Chicago. I, didn't, I, didn't I think thought so. like there was I kind of wanted to um, okay. but I never I never really did because I had the knee scope and I was just kind of ah, injured and they didn't gotcha. want me like pushing it in, in G League games but when I was like, had the concussion, I, I actually yep. practiced with like the Windy City Bulls a few times, but I, I never actually played in the G League game.
1: The Nick Bob podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Runza. Everybody that knows my athletic background, you know, I was a quarterback in high school, but you know, I believe in establishing the run game. And even more than that, I believe in establishing the Runza game. That's an original Runza cheeseburger, some onion rings, double dipped in a homemade batter, a little bit of a pop to top it off. You know, in football, you establish a run. But at lunch, you establish the Runza. It's just that simple. So get out to Runza today and establish the Runza game or check out the delicious salads. you got the chicken bacon ranch salad, sweet berry chicken salad, and my personal favorite, the Southwest chicken salad. you got to get out to Runza, establish a Runza game, or get a salad. Either way, you are going to leave satisfied. Runza makes it all better. The reason I bring that up is I'm curious how you see the decisions that players have now, you know, like, you know, some of these players, they, they can, they have the, the, you know, a guy even like Marcus Zagorowski, Tyshawn a year ago, you had this same one. I know we've talked about this, but it seems like there are almost more options now where you can stay in college. You can leave and try to go be in the NBA. You can be in the G league. You can go overseas. You even see now there's this, I think it's called overtime elite. It's this new professional basketball league where I think that has paid some high school four-star kid like 1.2 million dollars or something like that which that's just like yeah. holy shit you know like crazy, I mean it's yeah. crazy I guess as someone that now you you've you've are a very well-traveled basketball guy how do you uh, how do you see the decisions oh. that players have in weighing all of that stuff
0: man so it's, oh, it's overwhelming it's right. crazy I mean it's just there's so much stuff that you know goes on now in so many people in your ear and it's just, there's just a lot going on, but I'm glad these kids have opportunities to do what they want. You know, it's good to see. Um, You know, I think obviously if you're going G league route, um, you're kind of betting on yourself a little bit, you know, like, obviously it worked out for the guys this year with, you know, Jalen green and uh, Kaminga. Yep. Um, But I think you have to be a pretty like consensus, like top five guy in the country. I I think it's going to be tough for guys that, you know, are kind of on the fence, you know, like, I, I, I think it's going to be more popular with those, you know, those really blue chip five-star yes. guys. And then I think, and I, think the NIL is really going to help with, I think it could help the college game a lot because if a guy is on the fence of going pro or staying, you know, and they might not get drafted, you know, you can come back to your senior year and make, you know, some money. Yes. So I think that stuff, I think it's that great. stuff could be huge. Yeah. Cause you know, when I was, when I was deciding on between, you know, going after my junior year or, Coming back my senior year, you obviously think about the money a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, you know if I had opportunity to make a ton while I'm in college, so it's, I mean, obviously you'd want to take that. So I think it's going to help with kids like that that might not, might not be a great NBA player, um, but a really good college player. It'll help them a lot, you know, financially um, by by sticking around in college. Right.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree. I think, that, I think the the one thing I like about the NIL stuff is what you just said. Like, I think it could keep some some of the top guys, uh, you know, Johnny Juzang, uh, you know, uh, oh, the good big guy for Gonzaga, whose name I'm blanking on. Um, yeah, you, yeah. I, I know mean, you're like, talking about, uh, yeah. Tilly, uh, you, or, or not, yeah. not Tilly,
0: but I know uh, who you're talking
1: about. God, I cannot believe The guy me. with the mustache. The guy with the yeah. mustache. How are we not <laughs> thinking of that guy's name? This is driving me crazy. But, you know, dudes like that. That are that are born. Hunter Dickinson, another guy at Michigan. Uh, you know mm-hmm. the guys like that. I think are are going to Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy is his name. Yep. Drew Timmy. Yep. There we go. Timmy. You know yep. guys Timmy. like that and now can come back, make a make a little money, and they kind of get the best of both worlds. But it's just yeah, it's an interesting. It's guys have options now. Options are good. Um, I also think there's this weird thing. Like I don't know if you agree with this, but like uh, sometimes I get worried about like. You know, take a guy like Jalen Green. Like, I feel like the G League is a weird place where you're like, you're on a team, but it's not really – like, everyone's like individually – everybody's kind of thinking about themselves. And even now, they'll send somebody down. uh, You know, this guy's – now all of a sudden, somebody that was on Oklahoma City's – Thunder's team's got to go play for Grant Gibbs and Gibbs is mandated to play him 25 minutes for the next four games. And then that guy's gone. That creates a weird thing where it's like you're like the whole operating within the team and building a system is is, it's just different than when you're playing for Tom Izzo at Michigan State or something like that. Like, so I I think there's also something that gets lost a little bit when guys don't play college and maybe I'm just seeing what I want to see.
0: No, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, there is an aspect to that. And, you know, I think uh, when I was, like, in college, Kyle Corby used to tell me all the time, you can't put a price tag on, you know, another year of college. So yeah. that's another thing. These kids, you know, they're missing out on, you know, maybe the best year of their life, you know, going to a, you know, like a Michigan State or a Kentucky or a right. Creighton, you know, like where you really get to experience, you know, the college life. You know, you get to be around a team. You get to have that camaraderie in the locker room when you're not just – traveling to G League cities and you know guys are kind of thinking about their next contract and you know it's just it's different basketball for sure so I think there's some pros and cons to it because I think guys like Jonathan Kaminga and Jalen Green they probably really benefited from learning from Jarrett Jack or learning from Amir Johnson guys that played in the league for 15-20 years you know they get a lean on them but you're not going to get that everywhere you go so there's some, there's some pros and cons to it, but you know, I agree with, with you. I think there's, there's something about being in a locker room with a lot of guys, your same age, you know, enjoying going to like a college football tailgate or, yes. you know, going to get going right. to a restaurant or going to a bar, get a beer, you know, just right. you can't really, uh, you can't put a price tag on that. And I think it just, it really kind of helps your, your development as a, as a guy, as a human, you know, I think that stuff's huge, huge,
1: uh, by the way, we you know I, I I ended up bringing up Grant Gibbs there, who's the head coach of Oklahoma City's G League team, and he was actually their summer league coach for OKC here in Vegas. Do you do you guys ever talk shop like this with coaching stuff? Does he ever like, or is it all still just laughs and giggles with Gibbs when you when you call him up, man?
0: We do a little, we do a little bit of both. You know, I was okay. actually just talking to him today because he's stuck in his hotel in Vegas, quarantined because he got COVID. Oh, great! Um, so he, he he wasn't able to really coach their last four or five games um so he um you know he's he's probably in there grinding watching film right now who knows <laughs> but uh you know he, he he definitely hits me up with questions uh from time to time you know about certain guys and you know obviously he's he's coached a lot of guys um not that I played with but just he likes my opinion on stuff Absolutely. and I've played for a lot of I've played for a ton of coaches so he picks my brain on on stuff like that too so you know Gibbs is he's one of a kind yes. um you know he's he's a great friend and I think he's got a hell of a future as a coach because he relates so well to players and very brilliant mind basketball wise. And, um, you know, I, I talk to guys from OKC all the time and they just rave about him. So whenever you're in that organization and thriving, you got a you got a good career path ahead. So um, I'm just really, really happy for him. And just to see him have all the success has been great.
1: I can't believe that we've gone this far and I haven't asked you about the biggest news of the off season here. And that's the fact that Ethan Rogge got married. The, the lumberjack has been tamed. What I mean, raggy raggy's wifed up now, huh?
0: He is. He is. Uh I, I got a chance to go to that wedding out yeah. in Colorado and, you know, it's kind of a running joke um between us. You know, I was kind of we were kinda of on the playoff fringe there with the Pacers. We were in the play game and roggy's wedding was like I think it was Memorial Day weekend and okay. we were like, Is Doug gonna be done in time? What's gonna happen here? And, you know, they were they were all like following, you know, the play in game. Right, if, right. We were, if we would if we would have made the playoffs, obviously I would have been thrilled, but they would have they, they all wanted me at the wedding. So right, right. Uh, I think they're happy to see us lose and uh, you know, a couple of his friends texted me, We know why you lost that you just wanted to, you wanted to be at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so uh he met a great girl um in chicago and they got married and they're they're living out in denver so really happy for ethan and you know i always get a chance to catch up with him when we come play the nuggets so get a chance to see him He's a little guy. more now that yeah. uh, we're on the wet. now that we're in the west that's
1: true that's true more more rocky in your life is always is yeah always a good i don't know thing. if that's good
0: or bad i uh, no. i don't know depending we'll on see. how you want to look at it i'm not totally <laughs> yeah. sure
1: uh, you know i uh i think you must have been probably doing some like you're probably doing some team USA stuff because I had Gibbs and Raggy came to my wedding. And yeah. Gibbs and Rocky, their their uh their wedding gift to to me and Kim was a bottle of Barton's vodka, the cheapest <laughs> vodka you can get. They bought us a handle of of Barton's <laughs> vodka that still we've not drank it, but I can't get myself to part ways with it. It's sitting in my liquor cabinet upstairs. But whenever I think oh, of God. Rocky and Gibbs and marriage or anything like that, I just think of of a fucking bottle of Barton's vodka. Oh, that's my God. the
0: most that's the most Gibbs and Rocky thing of all time, isn't it? And, you know, I've had. I probably had plenty of those bottles in their uh in their <laughs> dorm room at, at Opus back in the day. Back in so. the day. Uh, yeah, those were those were some times for sure.
1: <laughs> perfect wedding gift from those two guys. It was fantastic. I love <laughs> yeah. it. Dougie McDermott. Doug, went almost an hour, man. I appreciate your time. I cannot wait. Uh, to watch you ball out for the Spurs, I need to now I need to get my Spurs gear right so I can be repping you, uh, you know, when I'm walking around the the streets of Omaha
0: and Lincoln, man. But congratulations Absolutely, on everything, man. I appreciate it. You got it, Doug. Thank you, pal. Yep we'll get you get, we'll get you guys down to a game sometime in San Antonio and we'll play a little golf maybe. So. Oh, that's so, music. So, it's always good I catching I up, Nick. I appreciate it, man. You
1: got it, Doug. Thanks, pal. Yep.